Nowadays, introducing the original Blood Clad Podcast not PS. Sold in semantic. Special dedication all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah, man, SWOT semantic. Yeah, man, oh. Boom! Sold in semantic. Yeah, man, Big ups to the man, yeah. Sold in semantic. Welcome to the Soothing Semantics Podcast. I am your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, leave your comments so Ken and I can get back to them. Today, we have a content creator, a realtor in Orlando, big Disney fan. I mean, a big Disney fan would be an understatement. You pretty much, as you like to put it on your Instagram, you're, you're, you're Disney, if Disney's son was a realtor, is there something like that? Something like that, yeah. That's awesome. That's great. So I saw Ken Pozak, uh, Ken Pozak on the on a Keller Williams. For whoever doesn't know, I'm going to make sure to break everything down. Keller Williams is one of, is the biggest real estate company in America. Very very popular. Many of you know it. Some of you don't. And they have a, a platform called MegaCamp. MegaCamp is to help train. Real, uh, anyone who's part of Keller Williams and even some people who aren't in Keller Williams can join as well. And the CEO of Keller Williams recently interviewed Ken on Mega Camp, where thousands upon thousands of people are watching. And Ken went into how he his content has allowed him to build his real estate business, uh, generate leads. And I am doing my own version of that on a smaller scale at the moment, you know, it's, thank God it's, it's definitely growing. So I'm here to pick Ken's brain and see what we can, we can uh, understand. So first things first, <clears throat> thanks again for coming, man. Sure, man. Thank you. Absolutely. There, I spoke to you the other day about how so many people will contact us asking how to create content because they see it's working. Mm-hmm. So they automatically feel like, Oh, well, I'm having this content FOMO. I have to get on it too. I'm missing out. <laughs> what's What's been your experience with a lot of these people as far as what they actually end up doing? Right? A lot of talk, few do. Yeah, exactly. I feel like um, for me, it's a lot of people that um, FOMO is a good way to put it. You know, they they want to get on the content train because they think that they're they're left behind, right? But content's nothing new. Like this has been going on forever. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of people there's a lot of people that are getting ready to get ready. You know, they want to find the best camera, the best lighting, the best, whatever. And so they never start or they start. And then after a couple months, they're not, you know, a YouTube celebrity. So they quit. And so, uh, a lot of that. Um, and, and honestly, it's funny. I, I get asked sometimes like, well, you're telling everybody exactly what you're doing. And isn't that something that you're like, you're nervous. They're going to go do it. And I'm like, I mean, listen, a few of them are, and I'm so excited when they do and when they crush it, I'm like supporting them and reaching out and just super excited. Right. Um, but, but most don't. And, and so it's, um, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. Anybody can do this. It's interesting. Right. I mean, the, yeah, there's so many people that can bring their own spice to the table. It, it just comes down to the work. It really does. It's Finding does. new content to create every day, making sure the thumbnails look, I mean, You've been doing this a lot longer than me and you definitely have a considerably larger page, but like anything else, once you start to test the water, see what works, see what doesn't, and you're consistent, things start to become organic and natural to the point where 
a lot of things are already your studio set up. If you want to tweak it slightly, you can do whatever you want. Yep. You want to get new equipment, you know, which equipment to get, you know, the equipment that's out there, you know, what, what looks good and what doesn't, you know, which thumbnails look good and which don't, you know, uh, what kind of videos generally create more views and which don't just by trial and error, like everything else. So when people have this difficulty, I find that if they've been able to be consistent in, in something else, try to carry over that same consistency and uh, understanding that's, that's how I feel about this. Anyhow. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you're working out, like trying to lose weight, eating healthy, right? there's no, there's no magic to losing weight. Honestly, I lost like 50 pounds over the past two years. Yeah. And, um, it's the same thing. It's like consistency, a little bit of willpower and doing the same thing over and over again to where it's kind of a little boring. Like I like content creation because that, that makes my life a little bit less mundane in regards to real estate, right? I get to go create, I get to explain why I love Orlando and why I'm a Disney fan and why people should move here or why they should sell with us. And all that stuff's really cool, but, but you're right. It's just, it's a consistency of just trial and error and you figure out how to get better along the way. And you figure out, you know, Oh, I thought this video was going to be amazing. And it bombed. And most people would just give up instead. You're like, okay, why did it bomb? Let me make it better next time. Is it the title? Is it the thumbnail? What is it? And, um, and then go from there. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's the consistency that is where you win. Sure. Okay. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you glad to hear your, your confirmation on that. So what, what made you decide to start content and well, I have plenty of questions for you, but let's, let's, let's start with that kind of what, yeah. uh, what brought you to content creation? Yeah. So, um, so in, in Orlando, when I moved here, I didn't have any, anybody that I knew I've been in real estate for like 18 years, but, um, I've only lived in Orlando for five. And so, um, I was looking for like a lead gen strategy that might, you know, that might work that I could like hustle at and without having to pay dollars for mm -hmm. paying Zillow, paying realtor.com, paying whomever to, to find leads. And a friend of mine in Jacksonville was like doing these model home tours and he was to some success, like not lighting the world on fire, but doing okay. And I was like, okay, I'll try that. So, um, was doing that. I put out a hundred videos in a hundred days and getting like no views, like 30 views, 20 views, like, you know, just starting out. And then I did one on like the top 10 reasons why I moved to celebration Florida. And that video took off. I got a hundred thousand views in six months. And I was like, getting leads left and right. I'm like, okay, cool. So really getting, I, getting real estate leads left and right. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I get our channel today, man, like a bad day is four to five people reaching out an average day is like, you know, you know, 10 plus people reach out directly. Like we've been following you for the past year. We want to work with you. So, um, or your team. And so, um, but yeah, I was from that one video, like literally people are like, well, we're coming to town. We want to buy a house. So cool. So now I, I did enough trial and error to figure out like that works. And so let me lean into that. Um, so that's the content journey that, that we've been on. And now, you know, we put out two videos a week. We've got a newsletter we're launching. We've got a whole media company we're building out. And so we're like, okay, I know my YouTube channel with my, you know, 17,000 followers or subscribers gets me X. So how can I 10 X that with other content and other lead funnel, lead magnets and that sort of thing. And so, uh, that's where we're headed now. Fantastic. I actually wanted to ask you, cause you just mentioned the media company. So it's called, hold on. The Orlando Reel, mm -hmm. right? Awesome. Okay, so it's it's launching October first. Very yep. cool. I'm going to post that on the bottom so people can see it. Thank so you. Yes, tell us a little about that. Yeah. So I think um, as real estate agents, like I'm a real estate agent, and you know, how do I 
figure out, okay, if you just bought a house from some other agent two months ago, how do I now earn the right to ask for business 10 years from now when it's the time for you to sell? So that's one scenario. Or just like how, if I just, my team just sold somebody, a client, a house, how do I stay relevant in that person's life for the next five, 10, 15 years until they're ready to sell? And, or if they have friends or family that want to buy or sell, how do I get that business? And so the whole idea has always been like, you know, in the real estate industry, you should have a database, you should market to it. And then hopefully you get some business. But then I'm like, most realtors, unfortunately send, you know, apple pie recipes and, uh, interest rate updates and stuff that people just don't resonate with, you know? And so, um, we decided what if we created a company that could be a content creation company that talked about everything in Orlando, theme parks, real estate, uh, the dive bar that's been downtown Orlando forever. And, you know, the people that go there, the new developments, just everything. And so we called the Orlando real news for Orlando lovers. And so from that, it's like, okay, now I'm going to have the massive funnel of like anybody that's interested in anything in Orlando. So whether you live here or you're a Disney fan or a universal fan, uh, you're going to want to sign up for this. And so my idea is like, you know, if I can get a quarter million people on our subscription list, and 10% of those statistically need to sell every year. Maybe that's in market or outside. Um, we'll have 25,000 people or opportunities to place a lead somewhere every year. And so that's what we're going on. So we're, we hired bloggers and we've got content creators. We're still going to be moving forward with the YouTube channel. That's going to be still our centerpiece, but then uh, growing that out. And so uh, that's that's the idea. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, it definitely sounds very different than a typical, you, you know, you mentioned the pie and whatever other letters people send. So that's, that's <laughs> wonderful. Cause anyone, anyone coming from a different state or a different country, they want everything kind of put out for them on a silver platter. So to have that, and especially when you, it's very obvious that you love Orlando. I see that right away when I check out your page. Yep. So when they see this, someone isn't just robotically, posting content about the area, but you genuinely love it and you're a part of it, people will be uh, very enthused to look at it. So that's awesome. And yep. definitely, uh, I'm definitely interested in taking a look at it. It's very cool. Thanks, man. So what we, I, I presume you were a big Disney guy. I mean, ever since you were a kid, that's, that's kind of what it seems like, right? Yeah. So, I, the first time I ever rode a plane, it was to go to Disney world. And so I think by the way, like, it was same here, but the difference, yeah. I don't know how old you were. I was 18 when I first went on a plane, I went with yeah. my friend and his family and it was late when they're like, we're going to Disney world. I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to go on a plane for the first time, it's not a bad time to do it. Yeah, let's go. That's awesome. I was 12. And so it was, um, you know, I went for the first time and I wasn't obviously as a young boy, I was like, it really, I wasn't into princesses or any other stuff, but it was like kind of amazing to see this, like, people from all over the world. And I lived in Detroit at the time. So like, you know, seeing Orlando, it's warm and sunny and palm trees and, you know, people from all over the world are hanging out here and um, just sort of this amazing kind of thing. And um, yeah, I was just enamored with it all. And just like the business side of it to me is so incredible. Like, you know, like the merchandising. And like, if you look at Walt Disney's mind map and he said, okay, I'm going to create these, these media assets. And through that, we're going to do deals with TV and merchandising and eventually like teaching and like all, he had this whole plan of like how he would take his content and that would go into so many different other businesses and create this massive empire. And so to me, seeing that, like, you know, even as a teenager, I was like, that is incredible and something that I've just loved ever since. Mm -hmm. And that was a big draw for you to move there. I take it. Yeah. I mean, part of it was my wife and I were, we were like 
we wanted to buy a second home somewhere in Florida. And we were like, uh, we don't really want to do the coasts right now just because of like hurricanes and stuff. What if we got something close to Disney? It would be fun to bring the kids down and we'll do a second home. So we came down here and looking, shopping for a second home. And I'm like, what if we just moved here? What if we just started over and, and this became our life every day. And um, so that's what we did in 2016. We came down to buy a second home and instead we just built a primary residence and, and, uh, and then I, I moved my business down six months later. That's awesome. Okay. But this was, when you say you moved your business down, were you, what were you doing at the time? You're still doing I mean, real estate. Yeah. I've been in real estate sailing full-time real estate since 2008. And so I'd been a realtor up in Michigan, you know, just old school open houses sphere, you know, no media any at all. And it was just kind of like, you know, just the old school stuff. And we, I ran a $40 million business. We did like six or seven figures the last year, last full year, which was 2016. And then I started over not knowing anybody other than Mickey mouse in Orlando. And, uh, so yeah, it's been a fun, been a fun five years. So yeah, we just, you know, we figured we could always go back home if we had to. And, um, you know, why not give it a shot while we're young, while the kids are young, it'd be a cool experience. Let them grow up in a really fun area with more opportunity than, than we thought was in Detroit. And so, um, yeah, it's been fun. Okay. Awesome. And, and, and now that you've moved from the time you moved, how long did it take you to build to where you are now? And what are, what are you doing now as far as GCI and all that? What are you, what are your numbers now? Yeah. So we're at, uh, we're already at, so this is where it's September, uh, September 11th, man, 20 years, kind of crazy. Um, so September 11th, uh, year to date, we're at 109 million, just shy of $3 million in GCI. Uh, so 109 million in volume, just shy of 3 million in GCI. Uh, 2017 was my first full year. So 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, five years. Yeah. Five years. And we'll do about 130 million by the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's, uh, it's been a fun five years. It's amazing. That is amazing. What are your goals over the, for the next few years? Uh, twenty content creator. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, the con- next three years, I guess I, I've got, a, a, I'm very clear on the next three years beyond that. I'm not really sure yet. So, um, but next year, 2022, the goal is, tw- is $200 million in volume. Um, we have the, the team in place now to hit that. Um, I've hired sort of a lot over the past 90 days. So we've been ramping up on training and getting everybody where they need to be from the operation staff to the agent side of the business and training those folks. So now um, we're where we need to be. So by November, we'll be right on track with rolling into next year by doing, you know, 16, 17 million a month, which will allow us to hit our goals. Uh, from the content creation side, again, I think that's just growing that as fast as possible to where it's a standalone business that it can at least pay for itself. Cause right now the real estate business is going to underwrite the media company. Um, but that's like our lead gen strategy, you know, like it's, if I spend a few hundred thousand dollars on content and it pumps up three, four, $5 million in GCI, it's a good ROI. Um, and it's long-term kind of stuff. Like, you know, Zillow or radio ads or any of this other stuff, the minute you stop paying, you stop getting leads. Mm-hmm. The amazing thing about content is like, you can build this massive pipeline and it still goes, keeps going on. Uh, even amazing. if you stop. It's amazing. It's never gone while you sleep. The views grow. It's just in that sense, it's relatively passive. I mean, you, you want to keep the channel up and continue to do episodes, but at a certain point, and you're at that point, even though the channel isn't, you know, it doesn't have 3 million subs, it's still a nicely sized channel. It's monetized. It's at a nice point. You know, you've got close to 20,000 subscribers. So that's, that's no small feat. You know, there are 
you're you're in the very small percentage of of content creators. Most YouTube YouTubers have tiny percentage of. Uh, so that's that's awesome. No, yeah, I mean, I, I think about it from a real estate perspective. Um, I started off. For, uh, tell me your podcast. Your people that are listening are they all real estate agents or business owners or who is listening for us? No, all different kinds of people. Cool. So like. So, so as a real estate agent, when you start off, they teach you cold calling and, and, and that sort of thing. And so, um, I used to, I started off with Mike Ferry, which was like a real estate coach. You know, you talk to 30 people a day, you'll sell 50 to hundred homes a year and you just do that for the rest of your life. <laughs> and, right. um, and, and YouTube and content creation, I mean, every, like I get 8,000 views every single day right now, and that'll continue to grow. And so it's like, for me to cold call 8,000 people in a day for them to hear about me, talk about something, something I'm passionate about. It would take forever. I mean, like literally I figured out yesterday, somebody challenged me to do it. 522 hours of content is consumed on our channel every day. And so it's like, I I physically, I would have to go hire a hundred people to cold call for me every day to hit those numbers. And so like, that's the power of content creation. It's just, you know, I think, leverage at the the highest degree. You know how happy I am that I already have a channel. If I didn't have a channel and I was just having a conversation with you over the phone, I would, I would feel very left behind. So there are going to be people that are listening to this that are like, ah, damn it. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're still not going to start the channel though. Like we talked about, but <laughs> they should, they should. They I mean, should, the other, the amazing thing is like, we get a lot of leads from our channel. Yes. But then like, it helps us with so many other things. It helps you with validity with clients that you find elsewhere. It gets mm-hmm. me other business from other realtors across the country. It helps with, um, you know, yeah, in so many ways, it's changed our business in a really big way um, on top of the people that reach out. Like it's, it's just like such a multifaceted approach. Like if you don't have a content creation strategy, um, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it's like so buying business. <laughs> you're so stuck behind. No, but it, it, there's so many things that it tells me when I see, a real estate agent with a big YouTube channel, it shows me consistency, work ethic, success, um, communi- communicative skill. They're articulate. There's so many things that it, that it tells me right off the bat about the person. And it gives me the ability to meet them before meeting them. So yes. to speak. Yeah. So you know if that. I, right. So if I, there's some Bill Johnson has a, f- a short phone call with me and he says, What's this Rafi guy? How's Andy? Who's this Rafi guy? How's Andy different than the other 400 people that called me? Here's my YouTube link. Give it a gander. He goes, mm-hmm. I, I like what this guy has to say. Seems like a genuine person. Has nice hair, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it's like it, it, it really sets you apart. And, and I don't know, at least here in South Florida, I don't know any actual real estate agents doing a podcast. I'm sure there, there are some. I haven't heard any. Definitely the bigger realtors in this area aren't doing podcasts. So in and of itself, I mean, it's, it's a big plus for me. I'm already, I got in touch with you. I'm getting in touch with hopefully a few very big realtors down here. So I have one that's hopefully coming on, um, on the 19th of the month. So that's exciting. But as, as far as um, the uh, bringing in clients, how do they reach out to you? So you, do you have some, some sort of click funnel? Like how does that, so say you know say you have a video it gets fifty thousand views. What do you do to make it easy for a potential client to contact you? So up until three months ago, they were just reaching out via text or email, which was a lot. I was missing thirty percent of the leads that were coming through 
I mean, because at first it was like, oh, I want to do proof of concept. I want them to reach out to me directly so I can figure out what lead flow is like and all of that kind of stuff. And then I very quickly realized that I, I can't handle all of this. So now um, we, we, we say, you know, they can call, which goes to my inside sales agent, my inside sales client care coordinator. Uh, they can email, which goes directly to her, or they can go on our website, which goes directly to her. So she's following up on every single lead and never misses. And so um, I think, yeah, having a system there to follow up and then they get automatically assigned to our newsletter and then they're hearing from us forever. So whether they're buying or selling immediately or two years in the future, they're going to hear from us. Um, but yeah, I've got a whole client care department now that follows up, figures out where they're at and how we can help. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm new in the business. I'm a year in and I have to budget accordingly, but I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to have an assistant take care of that and just make sure that anything coming in will be accounted for. Yeah. So, I mean, I just know that in my immediate circles, my friends, friends of friends, people are starting to notice it. I mean, I post on my Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp every single week. I started August 24th, 2020. I have, you're going to be the 56th episode. I have not missed a week of, of podcasting since I started. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. So I'm, I plan on keeping that up for the next very, very long time, be it 10 years, Mm -hmm. because quite frankly, I love it. I have an editor in Pakistan, so I'm not sitting there editing all my content. I would be terrible at it. So (laughs) made sure to delegate that. So I have enough time for, for real estate. And uh, as time goes on, I'm just going to make sure that I have all these, you know, the proper assistants that can take care of, of the things I'm not good at and just, you know, simply help me. I, I like to be on the front end. I'm not a back end guy. So as, yeah. as you are, so I want to be on the front end, have other people taking care of the back end. So this way I can, you know, build a business. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you know, business one-on-one. So I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to think of, I have several things I'm, I'm curious about, but uh, what are, what are, strategies that you've implemented on your YouTube channel to go from a very small amount of views to a lot larger? What's helped really push your subscriber base, your views? Do you use tags? Because it seems like tags aren't as uh, as big as they used to be. So what yeah, are your strategies? Yeah, tags are going away. Well, I mean, they still exist, but like even YouTube, when you upload a new video, they kind of hide it on even getting to them now. So they're signaling that they're not as big of a deal as they used to be. But mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I think your content strategy should definitely be not about you. It should be about who your audience is and what they're searching for. And so if you go to google.com and you just search in, you know, best literally empty quote, like do an empty quote in Miami, it'll Google will tell you what people are searching for. So best restaurant, best schools, best neighborhood, best view, best whatever. Uh, And then you shoot video around that. And Now you're shooting content that people are actually going to discover Mm -hmm. and then slowing down and understanding that, you know, you know, making the title match what that search category is and then making a thumbnail that's appealing that people are going to click on. I mean, I don't, it's funny to me how many agent, um, I get, especially after mega camp, I had hundreds of people reach out still trying to get through all the emails, but, um, you know, Hey, can you audit my channel? I've been trying YouTube and it's not working. And these people are putting out consistent work, hundreds of videos with like 10 views on them. And it's probably them just checking back in. How is my video doing? (laughs) It's like, um, you know, and they're naming it stuff like, you know, uh, Friday recap. 
and it's like the general YouTube screenshot that that YouTube chooses. You know, oh, there's, no it's thumbnail. Not, there's no thumbnail. And I'm like, A, nobody's searching Friday recap. B, your thumbnail's terrible. And C, you're shooting content for you, not for other people. And so like when you start thinking about your content strategy that way, you automatically start getting more views if you're focused in on those three things. And uh, so as soon as we, we changed that, like, you know, maybe two and a half years ago, all of a sudden our, our views started going up, subscribers started going up. And so um, that, that's, that's where I would start. Wow. Awesome. So, so I'm already implementing those things. I have, I have nice thumbnails and I'm sure there might be nicer and more appealing thumbnails, but I'd like to think, I'm curious to hear your feedback. You could maybe take a look at my, if you haven't, have you taken a look at it at all? You can, yeah, I did. You yeah, I saw a couple, no, your, yeah. couple of your videos popped off, man. That was good. What did you think? It was good. Yeah. I think, I mean, some of your stuff, like the, uh, here, I'll do a little, we'll just do a live one right now. Huh? I've had, uh, so some of them, unfortunately, the mics were bad. I definitely need better microphones. There's mm-hmm. no, and I'm, and you're welcome to roast me right now in front of whoever's listening. Cause that's, I, I have no issue with that more than happy. So the, yeah, there's been a few, unfortunately, where I didn't realize kind of the, I wasn't as attuned to the audio aspect as I am now. So there are certain things I just didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, unfortunately one episode would have gotten, I'm sure, a lot more views, but the mic quality, the mics didn't end up working. So you heard our voices in the background. Oh, yeah. And it just makes such a big difference. People are so critical. The funny thing about humans is the vast majority of them don't take any action. They're sitting there with Mike and Ike's on their stomach watching the podcast, mm-hmm. but they're so quick to criticize. So I, quite frankly, don't care necessarily about their criticism as much as I care about making sure that the content is proper, that the content is professional, that everything makes sense. Yeah. So I'm looking at your, your, yours right now. And I think like, um, do you pay for any of your, any of your views? Yeah, I did. Uh, for episode 38, you paid for it asking tough questions. Yeah. So I did, let's see. So I did a few, I did like three of them because nope. my wife hired a hitman. What's up? My wife hired a hitman. Was that, Pay yeah. for or was that organic? I started doing it for about two weeks regular, and then I and then I put out ads into it. So, like, here's a good one with Lee Rosa, who's a great agent, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I would start out with, you know, going back, get rid of episode. Like, don't start your titles off with episode 51 or episode whatever. Put that at the end because Google is looking at your first five or six words as your keywords. So, are people searching for episode 52? No, nobody is. So, oh. but, but if you, if you got rid of it and you put, what is the 80, 20 rule people actually, I mean, I've in my life Googled that before, like when I first joined Keller Williams, uh, I didn't okay. know what the Pareto's principle was. So I Googled that. And so I would back that off. And then instead of Lee Rosa, even though he's a handsome guy, just and the soothing semantics episode 51, I would put in, what is the Pareto's principle with Lee Rosa at the bottom, um, as a, as a, as a thumbnail. So you can even, the cool thing about a YouTube is you can go back and upload these or update these things along the way. Like if you but don't you wouldn't video, put in the name of the, of the podcast itself, cause I do want people to know that that's what it is. You know, that's your channel, right? That's the whole channel is the same podcast. It's that's the, that's the name of it. So on, on, you could put it maybe down at the bottom, but I would put in like, if that's your, if that's your title, you want people to hit, that's what I would focus on because like, and then, and then like episode 52, here 
you know, it's hard to read on my phone. I have terrible eyes to begin with, but like, I can't read, I see their faces and that's good, but I can't read anything else underneath that. And, and that, I, that's interesting because most people create thumbnails on their computer and it looks big and beautiful, but if you're not optimizing it for a phone, then you're missing out. So those are some things that, so, so I would put in, I would just on that Hitman one, I would put, you know, try to come up with three or four words, Hitman, my wife hired a Hitman. And then that's on the thumbnail with the guy. Um, I think that those are really, these are all great topics, like really great topics. But I think that um, that's some things I would consider adjusting. And you think to just take out the soothing cement. I just love how it looks, honestly, but it's on the the thumbnail. Yeah. Is it clickable though? What's your click-through rate? I mean, that's the other thing. If you're, you know, if you're not at like six, 7%, you can do better. Right. So you're thinking to take it off. Uh huh. And I'm looking at other podcasts. I'm just trying to think. Awesome. Like don't go to Tim Ferriss because Tim Ferriss is freaking Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan, you know? Uh, but if you look at Tim, even if you do look at Tim Ferriss's stuff, he's got a million subs. It's literally just like, Tim Ferriss and the other guy. And like, there's like barely any, any text on there. Um, yes. Some of them, there are definitely exceptions to the rule where some of these thumbnails are really nothing special. Correct. But he's also got a million subs. So like he's going to instantly get it. I'm talking about when you're trying to get discovered first, Mm -hmm. um, with no, with no following, you just have to have the most clickable thumbnail. I mean, it's not clickbait. You would definitely want to like own up. If the thumbnail says my wife here a hitman, and then you're talking about real estate, people are going to be pissed, you know? Right. Um, But, but if it's like, Hey, this is what it's about. You don't care. I mean, again, like you got to take ego out of this as much as possible. They're going to see your face. They're going to know who it is. It's your channel. Um, and then go from there. That would be my advice. Well, okay. So the only thing is in a lot of these thumbnails, I don't put my face into it. So if I take out semantics, yeah, I agree. So if that's your branding, that makes sense. But like, this is a really clean, like, I don't know who Corey Gill Schuster is. So like, if I wasn't reading the title, I wouldn't click on this. Um, but if you said like Israelis and Palestinians and yeah. that was it, that's what I would be like, well, wait a minute. What, what's he talking about? And I would slow down and, and very figure out what that point. is. That's a very good point. I'm going to do that. What I would even maybe do is I can just put the flags in the background. So people there, say, yes, oh, okay. there you go. Exactly. Now you've got it. You know? Now you've got it. And then, and then, so, and then get rid of that, put the episode at the end. Like that's fine. If it's in the title, just put it at the end because Google's people can see, people can still see that when they look through it. The episode. Meaning which episode it is. Cause I I just want them to know which episode it is. Yeah. That's, I'm really glad you told me that I'm excited. I'm going to go into this. I'm going to go into all these now and just put the episode at the end and see what happens. And what do you think of Google ads? Because there's a part of me very transparently that feels like I'm cheating Although ads are ads, I mean, we all do advertisements, but it's like, I'm, I'm so confident that I have awesome content. I just want to push it out so people can see it. And I'm confident that once people see it, they'll like it. So, I mean, ultimately, just because you do ads doesn't mean you're going to get the views. Just because you have impressions doesn't mean people will click on it. So in a sense, I am kind of pushing it with the ads. I'm kind of like, here, guys, look at it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I again, if, it, if they were bad people just would skip over them. If the thumbnail sucked, if it seemed like a boring episode, I could have as many impressions in the world as I wanted. It wouldn't necessarily, you know, get a lot of views. So yeah, there's not a lot of, um, there's, there's not, 
like there's a lot of different Google ads or YouTube ads that you can choose, right? There's the skippable in-stream ads, which you're forcing people to look at. So of those 24,000 views, people could have watched five or 10 seconds and then skipped your video, which now you've taught YouTube that your video sucks. And so they'll keep pushing it because you're paying for it, but you've now taught them that your video isn't worth watching. So um, I would have a backup channel if you're going to run YouTube ads that you can say like, Hey, you know, here's kind of what this is about. Here's a clip. And then it bounces over to your main channel if they click on it. And then if not, it's not going to hurt your algorithm. Cause I, I don't run any ads. I don't, I have like, my channel is hundred percent organic and I've got over right. 2.3 million views. And right. so, um, uh, you just gotta be careful with it. If you're going to run ads on YouTube, I would, I would maybe consider discovery ads because then it, it literally makes your thumbnail and ad at the bottom and people actually have to click on it to watch it. You're not like interrupting their day per se. They're like looking at the oh, bottom so thinking you like think the ads can actually really hurt the channel. They can. Yeah. Your watch time. Like go, go look what, like the ones that you've got 12,000 views on, which I, that's how I, I could tell which ones you paid for and which ones you didn't. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey, go look into what your average watch time is for that. And I, I guarantee it'll be less than the ones that you had organic search on. Wow. That's, that's a, that's a pretty hard shot. Like that's, I'm glad you told me this. So, so YouTube, YouTube rewards you for watch time. And so the longer they watch your videos, that's the game is like, how, how long can I keep people watching my channel? And the more you do, the more Google will push your videos to other people because they know it's content people actually want to watch and you'll actually keep them on the platform. So there's like, you know, you start looking at, okay, my average, my average video on my channel is 10 minutes and my average watch time is six minutes and 42 seconds. My goal is to always get that pushing up higher, but like nobody has a hundred percent watch time, hundred percent of the time, just not possible. So, but th that's your game with yourself of like, how long of a video can I create? And then how long, how much of a completion rate can I get people watching it? Right. And so my goal is always to just try to push that longer. And you can do that from editing style. It can be like having more cuts. If you notice that, Hey, on average, people watch about five minutes of my videos. So at minute 442, I'm going to do a cut or I'm going to do a, I'm going to put a card up at the top. Hey, did you like this video? Click over here to watch my other video. And now you've increased your watch time. You've created more stickiness on your channel. YouTube will enjoy that and start serving yourself up more often. Interesting. So it, it sounds like I should probably take these ads off. Do you think it could have already really messed up the channel? Like to be, I mean, it's not like, it's, it's not like uh, irreconcilable. I would just stop. I would go in, tweak your thumbnails, tweak your titles. Like we talked about See, and reevaluate after 30 days. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. No, I appreciate that advice. That's that's awesome advice. And then let me uh, look at your um. I'll, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever else you think. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever else you think we can do. Let's see your um. Let's see your description. Jake has a massive tick. Uh, subscribe, like, and share. Okay, so you're telling Google that your video is about subscribe, like, and share. On this one, it's like how to get mm. two million followers by pranking your dad. So, but you're not. You're you're. You're not telling them this, like the video is not about subscribe, like, and share. And if you, to try to rank for those three keywords is at your level going to be almost impossible. So I would say, put that subscribe, like, and share down at the bottom, you know, and then say, and then use Jake. What's Jake's last name? Jake Gould. Uh, Gould. Yeah. Okay, cool. So put Jake Gould has a massive TikTok following that will get people that are searching for him and know who he is, your video will start popping up because they're going to be in his ecosystem. So I just so, write Jake Gould and just 
No, start started off like so. Jake Gould has a massive TikTok following of two million, right? So mm-hmm. instead of starting your description out as subscribe, like, and share, do you know what I mean? Well, I, I didn't think that these little details made such a difference. It does, yeah. So That's I would so say crazy. I would like on this one, this specific episode fifty-five, just change the title to Jake Gould: How to Get Two Million Followers by Pranking Your Dad, and then. So just swap out Jake Gould where it's at at the, at the end, put him at the front and then put episode at the end Okay. and then get rid of the subscribe, like, and share. So basically Google, how YouTube looks at your description is the first 200 characters has to match up with your keywords that you're trying to go for, for organic search. Okay. Cause remember you're not Tim Ferriss right now. You're not, you're not Joe Rogan. So the only way that people are going to watch this is if it's something that they think they're going to get knowledge from and that they're already searching for. Right. So if you want to stick out on YouTube, that's the, that's the strategy right there. Interesting. Okay. It's, it's just funny. Cause I didn't think, okay. And then, and because Jake actually has a name, meaning he actually has popularity you're saying in this case, in this episode, to put his name first, but generally you'd put the title first if it was somebody that wasn't had didn't have notoriety. Is that what correct? You're exactly right. Yeah, you nailed it. Okay, let me uh, see. This is what I love about these things, man. It's like you can't you learn as you go. That's how life is, you know. It's just exciting that I, you know, I can always pick someone's brain like yours and really, you know, hopefully, I can really change things in the in the business because. Like I said before, I'm not going to sit here and say I have the best content in the world, but I definitely, I think I have an act for this, man. I love doing it. I enjoy it. So whatever, whatever it'll be. But yeah, I mean, I didn't think that the ads hurt. What my feeling was is I didn't, I wasn't getting the numbers I necessarily wanted. So I was hoping that if I can put it out in front of enough people who would also kind of trickle down into the other episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get that. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that do that exact play. And if at this point, if, if this point you haven't seen that happen already, it's not going to all of a sudden start. And so again, you're, you go through your analytics and look at, again, look at your organic videos where you spent no money. Look at how long people watched, look at how the click-through rate was, all of that kind of stuff, and then compare it percentage-wise, right? So it should be exactly the same in terms of apples to apples. Compare those to the episodes that you pushed, and I guarantee you that watch time will be significantly lower, click-through rate will be significantly lower, which is hurting your hurting your analytics overall. But what's it? why do you think it's so much lower, though? Because you're forcing people to watch it instead of them discovering it. Uh-huh. Why do you feel it's forced? I mean, if there's a one video and this one's just kind of next to it, it's interesting how that works. I'm asking you, are you, are you doing like skippable or in body ads or is no, it it's not in the video. It's, it's not in the video. It's, it's kind of like the next suggested video. Right. So it's not advertised in the, in the video, so in someone else's video. Okay. Well, that's what I'm asking you. So if it's, yeah, if it's in someone's video, those skippable ads where people are forced yeah. to watch 10 seconds and then okay. they skip over, there's plenty of people that that I would never do that is what I'm trying to say. No, so that's not what it is. Okay. I, I purposely, no, it's not that. Cause I knew that would, that would be terrible. Yeah. So, so I, the, dis- the discovery piece is, is much better. Like if I was going to do ads, that's probably what I would do, but I'm just saying, go back and watch the videos and see what the difference is. And I will I'll still guarantee you. Let me know what you think. I hear you. Cool. All right, man. What else you got? Why we wrap up? <laughs> I got you. Okay. We'll let, we'll let you be. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. I, uh, 
hopefully we'll we'll be able to work some referrals together. Heck yeah, man. I appreciate that. I'm actually coming down Absolutely. to teach at the Keller Williams office in Miami on, on Friday, next Friday. Which one? Uh, do you know Ariel? Ariel? Let's see. Hollywood, oh, I think. In Hollywood. Ariel Florida. Hernandez. No idea. But uh, it's on, uh, it's with... 700 Northeast Miami, 33138. Hold on one second. So what was it? 700? Uh, 700 Northeast 90th. And when did you say you were coming? Next Friday. Okay, I'm awesome. shooting a, uh, I'm shooting a $17 million house down there just for, uh, <laughs> what does, what does 17 million get you compared in Miami compared to Orlando? And then, wow. Uh, but how, down, how did you get this? How did you uh, get from, this from this mega camp thing? Somebody reached out and they're like, Hey, would this, if you did Shaq's house for 16 million, why don't you come shoot our house? And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. So, are they are they giving you something for this? I mean, that's a pretty private question, but I'm I'm really yeah. We, we can talk about that after. But that's not we'll really talk about it after. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool, man. <laughs> right on. I got to get onto my show here shortly myself. So thanks for having me out, man. It's it, fun. I'm excited to see your journey. Let me know if I can do anything Thank to you. help along the way. Absolutely. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. I right, mean, it's been a pleasure. Bye.